Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, good evening, and welcome to our study again tonight. This is another day that the Lord has made. In it, we shall rejoice and be glad. Again, I want to say God bless you for tuning to our study tonight. And I pray that at the end of this study that the Lord would have blessed you real good. Let us go in prayer, please, as we begin our study tonight. Father, I thank you this night for who you are. We praise you, we magnify you, we glorify your name, Lord. There is no God like you, not in heaven, not in earth, for you are the only true, wise, and holy God. And for that, we praise you. We lift your name on high, God. We said your name is matchless, Father. There is no God like you. And we thank you for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. So we thank you, Father, for this day that you have given us that we have never seen before. We thank you for the gifts of life, health, and strength. We bless and praise your holy name. Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for coming and dying for us, shedding your precious blood on Calvary, that we may have a right to the tree of life. For that, we praise you and we glorify you. We say you are worthy of all the praises that we could ever offer to thee, God. We glorify your name. We lift you on high. We say, Hosanna to your name. Thank you, Father, for who you are. We praise you, Lord. We glorify you. We thank you, Lord, for giving us an opportunity for this hour and time, Father, that we are able to sit to study your word, Father, to learn about your truths, God. We now beseech and we beg that your Holy Spirit would fill our heart, fill our heart, God, illuminate our minds and put a passion in us, God, to learn of your word, to know who you are, Father, to learn more about you. We thank you, God. We glorify you. Bless the hearts and the minds and the souls, body and spirit of all, Father God, that tune into this study tonight. We pray that at the end of our study we would make spiritual application, Father, that we may apply your words to our lives, that we would be better Christians, better citizens in your kingdom. And for this, Father, we give you all the praise, we give you all the thanks. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. And again, to God be the glory for great things he has done. Thank him for this study and this gathering of study. And we are going to jump right into the study tonight so we could cover some grounds. Um, tonight, we want to continue talking about the church or the kingdom of God, but we want to approach it from another angle tonight. We want to talk about the compromised church, a church that is compromising in the land today. Also, we want to talk about some deceptions that Satan had planted in the church uh, in order to have the church offices 
and those that are working in the kingdom of God to compromise. So we're going to talk about a compromised church tonight. And for those that may tune into this at a later date or key into this broadcast or this programming, we, we pray that you would always have a spiritual ear to hear what the church, what the spirit is saying unto the church. Be not judgmental, but be concerned to examine the word of God to ensure that you are in God's word. I want to read um, a couple of scriptures before we go into the teaching of the word, which is taken from Revelation, the second chapter, Revelation, the second chapter, verses 12 through 14 and maybe 15. And I'll give you a chance to find the, that scripture, Revelation chapter 2, verses 12 through 14 or 15. Remember, we're talking while you're searching for it. For those that are just signing in, we're talking about a compromised church, and we probably would end up talking about things that we can do to avoid compromising in the church or compromising our leadership, our walk with God, our teaching in the kingdom of God. There's a lot of that going on today, compromising in the church. And um, we, as Christians, as servants of God's kingdom, we need to um, find a way to avoid that and to root it out of our midst, out of the church. Let us go to the reading of God's word, praise. Revelation chapter 2, verse 12, and it reads thus, And to the angel of the church at Pergamos write, These things said he, which had the sharp sword with two edges. Okay, again, Revelation chapter 2, verse 12. Those that are just um, locking in on us, Revelation chapter 2, verse 12. Talking about a compromised church. Again, verse 12. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things said he, which had the sharp sword with two edged. And then verse 13 says, I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is, and thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith. Even in those days wherein Atipius was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. And if you go down to verse 14, it says, But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrines of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. And we probably can go at verse 15. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrines of the Nicolonians, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. We have read Revelation 2, verses 12 through 16. Again, we are 
we're talking about the compromised church. Now, I know this has been a, a word bounced around for years, and some, but I can't compromise. There are a lot of them, though, I wouldn't compromise my standards. I wouldn't compromise in God's house. I wouldn't compromise the church. But yet still, we see a different church in our country, here in the United States. Um, if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, and actually if, you, uh, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, um, you just need to open your eyes, and you can see that there is something that is truly wrong with the church today. It, there is, there seems, it, it, it seems that the church today had become too culturally, you know, it, it, it's forming its basis after culture, and it's forming its, its style after the world. It's too, it's, it's too culturally reveling. It's too, it's too much like the world. But that is to say, any and everything goes in churches today. We try, and I, I've seen in my years of ministering and, and pastoring, and as an apostle I've seen in churches today, I've spoken with so many leaders. I have spoken with so many leaders who would say to me, I'm apostle and but all we need to do is to, is to get the people in the church and let, let the Lord do it. Don't worry about how they live. Or you just want them in the church. You don't want them in the world. But it, it's hard to have the world in the church. If you bring them in the church, then you ought to convert them from a worldly standard or a worldly lifestyle or the worldly culture into, into a kingdom culture. But, but instead of this is happening, um, leaders are compromising the truth. The gospel of the Lord, Jesus Christ, there is a circular standard. You know, we have a circular thing going on in the church. We are conforming to the standards of the world. As a result, there is no life in the church. There is no guidance. There's no commitments. There's no devotion. There's no dedication. There is no, quote-unquote, there is no um, 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 power in the church. The church is powerless. And it's sad to say that because Jesus said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. Well, then, what is happening today? If there is no power in the church, there is no standards in the church, there is no, there's no, there's no God form in the church, but we see in more of a social meeting, more of a gathering thing. Um, we are seeing in the church today uh, more of a club meeting, um, but nothing of God. Show me the God in your church. Show me the standard of God in your church. Show me the reverence of God in your church. Show me um, the worship of God in the church. Show me where I've spoken to a, a young man on last night, and I asked him, I said, are you born again? Are you a Christian? He said, yes. I said, what made you to be a Christian? What made you say you're a Christian? Why do you know a Christian? His answer to me was as just as those of many of us. I was always a Christian. I born. I was always in the church. My brothers and sisters, that does not make you a Christian. Not because you are in the church. The question is, is the church in you? You may be in the midst of the church, 
but the church may not be inside of you. So it is, it is so important, it is so important for we to realize that compromising is, is God does not want compromising in his church. God does not want a, a man or a woman who in ministries to, to conform to this world. That's the reason why the Apostle Paul said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You don't be conformed to this world. You cannot have an effective ministry or an effective church, quote-unquote. I like the term ministry better because you don't have to be in a building to, to be the church. You should, be, you should assemble together in a building, forgetting not to assemble together with the brothers and sisters like the heathen does. But you, you, you really need to have the church need to be inside of you, and you take the church wherever you go. You, you, you become, you become Christ-like wherever you are, so the church is always with you. And so, and so it's very easy to compromise today. Uh, uh, um, it, the, the, the standard that we take today in the world is not, is not what God wants. The, the lifestyle is not what God wants. And I pray that you hear me tonight. We gotta move away from this mediocrity. We gotta move away from this flimsy lifestyle. We have to develop a passion for 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 truth, a passion for standard. We have to develop a burning passion, zeal in our in our hearts for the standards of God. We gotta we gotta walk away from from the conforming to this world. Okay, you look around today. Um, people want these big churches that that would draw um, hundreds and hundreds of people, and so they can live the way they want to live. But there is no conviction of the Word of God. This past Sunday we were talking about passion. We were talking about passion for for God, and and how do you know you have passion, and what is passion? And we found out that it's a strong likeness for something, likeness for God. Our soul, our our heart, everything is yearning for God. And we went to the psalmist where it says, After their panther for the water, so my soul panther after thee. You you have a desire for truth. You have a desire for God's word. You have a desire to live right. You know, you have a desire to 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 walk right. So it's it's you know we we need to move away from the this cheap gospel that we have in churches today. I call it backyard microwave gospel. It is cheap. It there is no deliverance. There is no conviction. There is no one uh, crying out to God. We come to church one way and we leave the same way. We oh, matter of fact, we leave church messed up worse than we came to church because. We, 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 we believe in one thing, and then when we get there, now we're hearing something else, and we don't know what to believe, so we worse off than we went as we started out. So, so I call it a cheap gospel. It compromises. Um, it, it, I, I also call it an easy believism. It's just to believe anything. It's easy for someone who is not... Um, culturally bound for the Word of God. And culturally bound to me means that someone who has a yearning passion who, who for the Word of God. You spend more time in the Word of God than you spend doing your, your natural duties and chores. 
And I have a question, brothers and sisters. Uh, if you are not working um, daily, um, would it be good and nice um, if you spend the time that you would have been on a job five, six, seven, eight hours a day, would it be nice if you spend six of those hours with God if you're not working? you home just as though as if you were working on a natural job. You spend those time with God. Wouldn't that be really good? Wouldn't that really be awesome? Well, it, it would be awesome. Matter of fact, it would produce um, the greatness of God in you. It would produce the likeness of God's character inside of you. That would be relationship, good relationship. I was driving to we my wife and I was driving today, and and we began to you know we took out the Bible and we began to read in the Book of Acts and Acts chapter three and chapter four and 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 while reading I took my my hat off my head you know my cap off my head and I said you know I I feel like I am disrespecting my God when when I began to read the Word of God and I had it on my head. And in and, and my little limited mind, my microscopic thinking, I said, you know, I, I, don't know, I don't know if that's right or I just feel bad. And she looked over me and smiled and said, that's just your relationship with him, honey. And, 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 and it, it, it tells me that little things you spend hours like that, you're conscious, you're sensitive with, about your God. You're sensitive. So in your church, when the truth is not being preached, and and standards has not been raised, and you see compromise is taking place. You become offended. You 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 become so offended until sometimes you just want to you know pick up your your bag and and your, and your Bible and walk on and leave. I can't tell you that's wrong. I matter of fact, I have done it many times. Okay, if I feel that it's a compromise is going on, I'm not going to sit there and condemn myself. I'm going to move on, okay? So we, we need to get away from this, this compromising, this believism. We believe anything. Any, any prophet coming down, we believe what they say. Any apostle coming down, we believe what they say. Any evangelist, we believe in what they say. And most of them, their motive is mostly for money because they take it as a job, you know, take it as, as, as a payroll. I said, you know, with sharing with, with, with my wife also today that, there's a fine guideline in receiving money from churches. There's nothing wrong with receiving uh, money from churches if this is not considered a job for you. But if it's considered as something that you're doing to advance the kingdom of God, then you need the resources to continue your life to move from one stage to the next stage. There is nothing wrong with that. But when you're setting up a, 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 a standard of payment, um, I cannot um, minister for you, I cannot teach for you, or I cannot do this for you until I receive $200 or $300 or $400. And then you are setting your own standard in the of God. That's your pay role. Then you shouldn't look for any pay day when God comes, when Christ returns, because you receive your pay already. So no, brothers and sisters, what I'm saying is that it's nothing wrong with receiving um, an a offering or an income from a ministry if that is not your, your motive as a job. If, the, if you're doing something to advance the kingdom of God and the body of Christ just see the need and know that it's important for you to continue what you're doing, 
and it takes the resources to do it, there is nothing wrong with that. That is not, but to compromise is to set a price. It's like, it's like bidding for something. It's like saying, I cannot use what God gives me to bless God's people and tell the people of God bless me with some money. That's compromising. That's wrong. It's ungodly, and it's from the pit of hell, and it needs to be rooted out in the churches. We have compromised too long with this idiot and this diabolical sin that is happening in the church. And as a result, the entire universe has that system now. You can't go no place. Okay, you can't call an evangelist or a pastor that can you come and bring the word for us today, please? Um, I'm probably let be the minister for it. Well, I could only come if you, you know, actually, you know, you put me up in a five-star hotel. I need a ride from the airport on my own car, a chauffeur to pick me up. And then I need three meals a day, whatever the case may be. That's ungodly. That's not of God. That's not of the devil. And, and, and we need to root it out. You know, we need to root it out, you know. And, and you, you, you know, you're going you to say you can't come until you receive uh, an offering or stuff like that. Well, the Bible said go out in all the world and make disciples. And make disciples. The opportunity is open for you. The doors are open for you. And we are asking you to come over into Macedonia. We need you over here. You can't come until we send you a check or cactus check. The devil is a liar and his mother-in-law. They're all the liars. You know, we, we, can't, we can't allow that to stay in the church. We can't allow that to, to stop the growth of God's kingdom. We have to, we, have to we, we as men and women of God who know right, who is standing for the truth, we have to root that off through prayers. We, we have to trust that. Even the homosexual protests, they march. All the other ungodly people march. Why can't we march against that and say we're not having this in the church? And guess what? Those who actually are supposed to be leaders would be embarrassed because they, they, they harbor that and they bring it in the churches. It is compromising. It is causing stress on the local people. You now have to, you, you, you have been charged to bring so much money to cover this expense. You've been charged. You, you have Make your commitment. You have to make some vows. Or, or may, say, uh, well, by the end of the year, I want each person to bring me $500. We have in this convention, and we, we need to put this in. you never heard anything like that. But Jesus, he never had to tax his disciples to bring any. Matter of fact, we have read today in Acts, um, the Apostle, Acts of the Apostles, Chapter 4, that they sold all the possession and laid at the Apostles' feet. So that we had all, all men had everything in common. They didn't have to ta- tax them no five, eight hundred dollars, or each church must do a, a hundred or a thousand dollars by a certain time, so that we could have all the flyers and all the tickets and have all the rooms locked on this. That's that's hideous. That's hideous. <laughs> that's, that's just ungodly. That's ungodly. Well, you may say, well, then, apostle, how do we do what we're supposed to do? Do you believe God is able to do all things but fail? Do you believe that he is building his church? Can you just work in the kingdom and he will build the church? That's what I believe. Then how are we going to get what we need? For the earth is the Lord. 
in the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell with their age. God will not withhold any good thing from us if we walk upright in his kingdom, if we keep our hands from usury, if we keep our feet from unstable place, if we stand not in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of this gospel. God will not keep any good thing from us. But we have practiced it so long to believe that we have to come up with our marketing scheme. We have to come up with our nice agenda, beautiful flyers and catching phrases when all we have to do, when God said us, just go and prepare for it. If God wants to be gathering down in Mississippi or New York or in Georgia and Florida, God will gather the minds of people in those places, and it will happen. Oh, yes, it will. The fame of Jesus went out. He just went to one, one area, and he began to speak, bless the name of Jesus. And, and the Bible says fame went aboard. People just congregate just to hear him. He didn't have to put up no flyers. The apostles went on the day of Pentecost. As they speak after that, 3,000 souls got saved on the day of Pentecost. Two days later, in chapter 4, you had another 5,000 souls accepted the word of God. There were no invitations. There were no flyers. There were no letters went out. But the people came. They heard of it. They said they gathered in, in Solomon's porch, and they heard of this great thing that happened with the apostles, with Peter and John, as they healed the lame man that was set at the gate daily. For years he was sitting there. And with one, with one, with one instant, one day, one second, or two minutes, look on us, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. Catch the, catch the revelation. In the name of Jesus, not because of my flyers, not because of the invitation I sent out, not because of my radio program, not because of my television program, not because I went to a tailor and get a beautiful robe made or get this or that made or some shoulder bought this stuff and said this is anointed, not because of the prayer cloth, but in the name of Jesus, Right, take right, and immediately the Bible said they took him by the hand and, and strength came into his ankle and he leaped up praising and rejoicing in the Lord. They didn't have time to make up no cards. They didn't have time to make no friars. They didn't have time to go down to Jerusalem and put it on the radio as they meet us down at the temple, the apostles at the temple. No, brothers and sisters. They just opened their mouths boldly. The Bible said they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak. That's the key. They were not compromising. They were not compromising. Okay? We, we, we need to stop this compromising. We need... And they, you can hardly find a church today that there is no form of compromising in. If you're not compromising with the homosexual and your choirs and on your usher board, and you, you're compromising with the lesbian. If you're not compromising with the lesbian, you're compromising with the adulterers, the whole hoppers, you know, you, or, or the, or the shackers, or with the, the man that is an embezzling, embezzling the money in the church, or the woman that is mm-hmm. ruling pastor. If something is compromising with, where is the true church? Where is the people of God that has a standard, that would look the devil in his face and say, for God 
we live and for God will die. If I perish, let me perish. Where are the Esthers today? Where are the Nehemiahs? And, and where, are, where, where, are, where, where, where are the men and the women of God today? I'll tell you what, they're compromising. They're hush-hush. They're afraid that they're not going to have members. Well, I'm going to tell you what that's going to do. We read it in the Word of God. We read it in the Word of God, what is really going to happen. It says inside Revelation chapter 2 and 12, as we get to the first one today, it says, um, and to the angel, the word angel here is referred to the leader or the pastor, or to the pastor of the church in Pergamos, right? These things. said, he which has the sharp sword with the two edges. Now, listen to this. You know, if, if you have studied in the past of a Pergamos, okay, um, it is the modern Turkey today, you know, in the Middle East, Turkey. That's what was Pergamos, okay? And it was actually the capital. It was a, the capital of Attalus. Attalus was one of the ruling person, and in his kingdom, he actually devoted to the Romans, okay, to the Romans. And what was going on there in Pergamos, uh, it was a place of wisdom. It had like libraries that people read and I mean it was it was a place of wisdom, okay? And um they also had the, the idolatry god in that place where they worship the sun god and and demons control religion. Then Pergamus, okay? They they had beautiful temples and they had um people from all over the Roman Empire came there to seek healing. They, that was where most of the healing they thought was going on because of these, um, the God of the sun and the God of the sea and the God of medicine, okay? That's, if, you, if you look, if you go to any hospital today and you look or you see any emblems of medicine, you'll see like um, a snake wrapped around this pole, um, which is the, which is the, um, the emblem of, a, of, a, of the medicine. And that was created way back there in Pergamos, okay? That didn't just start, okay? It is an idolatry sign, and they believed that healing was in that. And so, that, and so the Bible said in the last days, men become wiser, but they're weaker. And as the years went on, they developed all the skills in medicine. That's where medicine really started out, over there. And, but um, they worship it. They worship it, okay? Um, so here, here was a faithful church. This was a faithful church, a faithful church. Listen to what he says. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan sits, and thou holdest fast my name. So it was faithful. This, this church is holding fast the name of God, but something was wrong. Something was wrong. They called the name of God. Have you seen that around every Sunday? Every Sunday they open up the door and say they're worshiping God, but something is wrong. Every Tuesday night or every Wednesday or Thursday or whatever night you see it happening, they, or every, every different week there's a revival going, they say they're calling on God. And, and what just came to my spirit, how can we have an annual revival? We have churches that say we have an annual revival set for the month of June or set for the month of May. Or every year you have four or five or maybe 20 churches 
in this circle, in this organization, each one of them has a revival. Maybe they start from in, in May, let's say May 9th to May 12th. They, are, they skip a week, and the other church have it from May 20 to May 10th. Every year it's set that way. It, it's a scheme. How could you say that a revival is going to come? How could you set a revival? And this is what this is what this is what saying. I know your work, okay. You 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 you, deny, you don't deny my faith. You don't deny it. You you know that I exist, okay. You know that I exist, but I still have something against you. I have a few things against you. Why? Because thou hast them there. They are there that that hold the doctrines of Balaam. And I'll talk a minute for the doctrines of Balaam, who taught Balak. This is verse 14, thanks, Revelation chapter 2. To cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat the things sacrificed on the idols, and to commit fornication. Okay. Uh, so, so, so here is a church who say they're faithful to God, but they allow them stuff to go on in the church. What, what, what are the Nicolonians? Okay, the Nicolonians was a um, a a, um, a hidden, uh, people that were heathen, hedonistic people, people that were um, uh, who had an outward appearance to be right, but their mind was corrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their mind was corrupt. Okay, um, they 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 taught that man ought to can live by. Because man was flesh, they couldn't live spiritually. So there's no way that man could do the godly things. Okay, it was a it was a paganism teaching. Okay, and they said the spirit and the flesh was not able to to worship God. So this couldn't happen. So anything was going in their midst. So they turned to visible things such as. Images. That's where they get all of these imagery in church, all these icons about the picture of Jesus. And it bothers me when I see in churches that the pastor and his wife pictures are in the church. When you walk in, the first thing you see is these big pictures. That's idols. That's the, that's the teaching of the Nickelodeons. You've got to see something. You don't, I don't need to see a picture. Who are you? Oh, well, you, you, you ain't dying for me, you, you, okay? If you want to say that you uh, were instrumental in having that ministry form, take your picture out of the sanctuary. Take it in a fellowship hall someplace or in a, in a conference room someplace, in a history room, not inside the sanctuary. There we sit to focus on God and the worship, not on your face, not how you was wearing, not what your wife looked like, not what, um, uh, we don't want to see that junk. We, we, oh, you, you know, in time for that, we want, we want to hear from God. We want to focus. We want to see some the the training of God. We want to see the the doorposts moving. We want to see the foundation shaking. Not your your dumb looking face. We want to see God. Take that picture down. Take that foolishness down. And then all these other icons that we have are saying is Jesus. Mm. Take that stuff down. You don't want to. You don't need to put a picture up. He said, "That word have I hid in in your heart that you may not sin against him." Not 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 his picture on the wall. Matter of fact, how do you know that's his picture in the first place? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You don't know how to spell it. It has to be some blue-eyed man from someplace. Some mm-hmm. artists see that, and, and, and they say, I'm not saying it's not. I wasn't there. I went around to see what he looks like. All I do know that he looks just like how I look because I'm his child. And if I'm his child, I'm from him. I got to look like my daddy. Yes, Lord. Yeah. You look like him too, okay? Okay? He is inside of us. He lives inside of us. But mm-hmm. you don't have to put a thing on the wall. That's Jesus. That's him carrying his cross. Okay? And, and, and we're so dumb and blind, and, and we don't know how we are worshiping these idols. Compromise the church. Get that junk out of the church. Hallelujah, God. If you want to see some pictures on the wall, close your eyes and, and, and bend your knees and see the glory of God. When you open your eyes, all you can see the angels around you. All you can hear the sounds of voices singing and glorifying God. For we have compassed about with so many great clouds of witnesses. They're around us. They're waiting. They're saying, and, they're, and they're saying to us, come on, let's get the church together. You know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and, and Moses, and, and Gideon, and David, and Zechariah, and Haggai, and Zephaniah, Malachi, and Daniel, and Hosea, and Amos, Obadiah. They're saying, come on, saints, let's get it together. Many clouds of witness over us. And say, what are you doing, guys? Get it together. Stop worshiping that foolishness on the wall. I'll say to you tonight, my brothers and sisters, we need to get this compromising out of the church. We need to get rid of it. Okay? We, 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 the Bible said, he said, I hate, this is what he said, look at verse 15. So, hast thou also them that holy the doctrine of Nicholas, which things I hate? He hates the doctrines of the Nicolonians. He hates them. He hates the, the fleshy worship. He hates you saying that you cannot live free from sin. He hates you saying that the Lord knows the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. He hates that stuff. He, he hates that the David said, my soul do make a boast in the Lord. David said, my soul, and the soul is the flesh part of you, saints of God. Even your soul, even your flesh ought to worship God. Even every Jesus, you think I'm kidding? He says, worship the Lord that God, but love the Lord with all that heart, all that soul, and all that spirit, all your mind, everything that is in you. You worship God with everything. You don't leave nothing out, even with your eyes, your ears, your mouth, your mind, your fingers, your hands, your toes, your feet, your entire body, your intentions, your motives, your desire, your will, your life. You worship God with everything. When you go to bed, you worship God in bed. Lord, I thank you for laying me on this pillow. Thank you for the for the time that I wash my bed bedding with. Thank you for the food I've eaten this evening. Thank you for the water I had. Thank you for the water that washed my body that I took a shower or bath with. Thank you for the opportunity to drive in an automobile. Thank you, Father, for an opportunity to hear the birds sing. Thank you, God, for an opportunity, Father, just to feel the air blowing on me. You worship God with everything. But the Nickelodeon said, you don't need to do all of that. You just come and get your dues. You just come and get your little tithing. You just come and give you little money. Once your name is on the road, everything is all right. You don't have to do all of that stuff. He is not he knows you are only human. That's why did he die for you? That's why because he knows you are human. But 
Guess what, my brothers and sisters? You are first spirit, and then you're human. So you became human so that you can live for God. He, listen to me. Jesus was always spirit. God was always spirit, but he became flesh. So we, that our flesh could become spirit. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. The Bible said being in the form, in the form, in the form. He thought it's not a robbery to be equal. So, and then it said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let the mind be in your brothers and sisters. Let it be inside of you. Get away from this fleshy living. Stop living a, a, a weak, frail life. Stop living the life of the Nickelodeon. Stop Stop living in idolatry and adultery and fornication. And fornication is not only talking to my brothers and sisters about sexual activities. No, fornication is spiritual idolatry, not adultery. Idolatry is fornication. When you look up in the Hebrew and in the Greek and in any, any good study Bible, fornication is any immoral act along with spiritual Idolatry. When you when you worship, when you say that God, you you don't have the power to go through. That's idolatry. Then you lean into the flesh. When you believe that Satan is not real, that's idolatry. When you believe that this is only happening by luck or some or a wrong thing happened, and you and you rule Satan out, and you know Satan is. It's playing with your mind and playing with your strength, and you and you fail to acknowledge that there is a great God inside of you to root all this stuff. Or you playing with you worshiping idolatry, and that is that is fornication. So get it out of your mind that fornication is only laying with a woman or with a man that is not your husband or your wife. There's so much fornication in churches today that uh, that we we look. We emphasize only on one part of fornication. As a result, the church is still having problems because they don't know what to zero in on. They don't know where the seed has been planted. Um, sexual activities is only a part of it. That's, what if you have never read that in a book saying that sexual activity is fornication? And if you had read only that it is I'm for God worshiping on and on. Would you ever believe that that sex is 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 fornication? No, because you would not have seen it in in any book or anything. But because that would be dwelled on, and would we would we only understand because our our mind is so limited, it's so minute that it's so tiny, and we we do not use what God gives us to find out what. What, what all of these meaning or saying is, we just fall for the first thing, believism. That's what I meant. We believe anything, okay? And as a result, as a result, we, we always burden, we always in conflict and, and tell God, I'm, okay, well, I'm not committing fornication. I'm not doing this. Well, why, this is, why I'm still down? Because you're still in spiritual fornication, science. You're still in idolatry when you live in uh, not a faithful life to God. Yeah. I understand that. Please understand that. So, again, he said he hated. He hated. He hated. The church that, that I see today is so weak. The church is so weak. And I'm telling you, we need to change something. Let me pause for a second and find out if there's any question or comments that anyone wish to add. We have about 12 minutes left to go, and this is the time. Are there any questions or are there any 
um, statement. Okay, okay. Well, if there's not, let's continue going on with about compromising in the church. Okay. I, I truly believe, and I, I want to make this statement, that uh, I, I, remember, I remember I was up in Virginia down in a, in a city called Norfolk, in that area and down in the Chesapeake area, and um, I, I went up to the um, Long Island area, New York, up in that area. And while there, I actually was with a, 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 a well-known pastor and bishop. And I, I saw him as a man of God, and he was filled with wisdom, filled with wisdom. And I admire him as a man of God. And then something developed. Now, I want to share this with you. I want to show you where how you stand and you don't compromise. Something developed. And what was happening was that um, he took me into his house to spend some time there. And at nighttime, he would leave to go, and I, I assumed he was actually he was going to work, thought he was working, but what he was doing was actually going to one of another lady's house, which was one of the saints inside the church. And I'm teaching this because I want to, I want to shame the devil. And, and when I found it out, I was so hurt. And even though I admired this man ministering and teaching, and I love him as a person, I could not um, put myself together to stay in his house any longer. I, I, and I knew nothing about the area. I instantly I said, I got to leave. I got to go. And I bought a, a bus and, and, and took that bus from, from, from Long Island, New York, down to Alabama and stayed there for a while and got on another bus, went all the way to Miami, Florida. And all the while, my heart was so broken and so crushed. And I was wondering, have I done the right thing by leaving? Was I too abrupt to just get up and leave? Should I just wait it and let, and let it work out? Should I kept it and said nothing about it? And I battled with that for months and months, even into years. God had to deliver me from that. So what am I saying? I promised myself that I would not become so close to anybody until I would compromise with their sin. That's what you shouldn't do, sense. Don't, don't, don't come too close with anybody to compromise with their sin. I had another incident where, and this is some examples, and I've given you the opportunity to share some, but you haven't said anything. Uh, I had another example down in another church down in South Florida, uh, and I had placed uh, husband and wife over the finance to be, you know, to be in charge of the finance. Well... I review everything because I don't, I don't touch the funds. I just review and make sure everything is in order. And that's what pastors should do. They shouldn't be in charge of no money. They should just review it, you know, and make sure it's being, it's no embezzlement going on and it's being used for what it's given for. And anyway, so I, I give them the opportunity to, 
to actually be in charge of the finance. Well, I had envelopes coming in with tidying in, and, and, and this, this brother, he was my assistant pastor, he, his wife actually would turn in envelopes with her name on it and put the amount of, of money on the envelope and put in the envelope a blank piece of paper with the words on it, I owe you, or I owe the church, we'll pay next time. Just record this. I couldn't do that. That's compromising. That's sin. That's sin. And I, I immediately dismissed them from their position that they had. Dismissed them immediately. It was not a good thing because they were well beloved of, of most of the people, very charismatic in preaching and singing. Very charismatic. But I didn't care. I, I just dismissed it. I wasn't going to be cursed because of someone's um, foolishness, the Nickelodeon lifestyle. I cursed that, and I let it go. You cannot compromise. You cannot compromise. And I believe that the church today is being charged by God for compromising with the world. I, I truly believe that. I believe and we, 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 they're holding the doctrines of Balaam and the Nicolonians. And I, I, just how God had said I had something against the church in Pergamos, he had something against the church today. And, and we need to, we, we, we live in a sinful life. We live in a weak Christian life because we want friendship. Okay, we want friendship. But here is the charge that God gives in verse 16 of chapter 2. Here is the charge. He said, repent. Amen. Repent. Or else I will come unto thee quickly. Now, the word quickly here simply means that at a time you're not expected. You may say, well, it's been going on for years and nothing happened. So the word quickly doesn't mean it's season. It simply means unexpected time. <laughs> Glory to God. Unexpected time. He will come. He will come. He will come. And he, what is he going to do? I will, I, will, I will fight against them. Mm-hmm. I will fight against them. You don't want God to fight against you. You don't want God to, he said, with his sword by my mouth. Now, how is he going to fight against you with a sword with his mouth? He's not saints of God coming down with a sword in his hand. We as true leaders are the mouth of God. The word of God in our mouth is the sword. God is sending true apostles, true pastors, true evangelists, yeah, even laymen, the true members in the body of Christ with the pure, adulterated word in their mouth. And then it's a two-edged sharp sword. And God is going to fight against them with it. God, God is going to use them to preach against them. Hear the word of the Lord. God is going to use his word through people that have been rejected or have no position or has no name or has no title who just want to be in the presence of God, who will spend days before God and hours before God and laying out before God. God is putting his word in their mouth. So when they open their mouth, they would rebuke the devil and they would rebuke Satan. They would come up against false doctrine. They would come up against compromising. They would not compromise with this hideous, satanic force. They would know 
the word of God, and the word of God will constantly come out of their mouth. This is what he is saying, that, that I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Read, where's the sword? The sword is, the mouth is on the head. The mouth is on the head. The head is on the body. Jesus Christ is the head, so he rests himself upon the body, which is us. And the, the mouth is speaking out because it's attached to the body. You are the body of Christ, and God is using you, using your mouth because it's on the head, which is God, speaking through you, speaking his word, speaking his revelation, bringing reproof, bringing edification to the body of Christ, bringing um, damnation to those that continue in sin because he said, repent, 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 or else I will come quickly. And, and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. So, so the church today needs to realize that this is the hour and this is the time that God is placing his word in the mouth of people, little babies, little, little children, teenagers, young adults, mothers that are home alone in the day that, has not, that, that are not infiltrated with sin, that are not idolizing in the front of the television all day, not on the on on Facebook all day, not on on these all these type of media stuff all day, not on the telephone all day, but giving their bodies to God. Men that are not just laying around waiting for the welfare check. Men that are just waiting around waiting for disability to come in, but taking the opportunity, oh, God, yes, God, yes, God, taking the opportunity to, to, to destroy, demolish the kingdom of Satan. And God is placing his word in their mouth. So when they walk among these compromised men and women, that they will shoot them down, they will chop them down with the word of God. But the good thing about it, that it will bring healing, because if you look at the 17 verse, let's look at the 17 verse, then you see what he's saying. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 17, it says, um, and, and he that had ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. Through him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name, good God Almighty, written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Only you know the name. No one will understand it. God, God, let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters. Even though God placed his word in your mouth, right now at this very hour, many of you that are hearing this teaching and receiving this teaching, you are burdened with some burden to go on and carry the word of God. You're burdened with a burden to stand up for truth. You're in a position where, you, where you're afraid to say some things because you don't want people to come up against you. But God is conditioning your heart. That's the reason why you're tuning to this this teaching. That's the reason why you come here every other week to receive of God. God is building you. God is molding you. You're being refined. You are you are you're in the Father's hand. You're being shaped and molded. When God when you are done and you come forth, no man would be able to stand up in front of you. No man would be able to stand up against you because you will have a two edged sword. You will be you'll be you'll be cutting but yet you'll be healing with the word of God. You'll be the same word that cut you will eat you. The same old word of God that you use to chop something down, that same word of God you'll plant it back to bring life in the hearts of men and women. God is placing the 
this is spirit of revelation upon your life. Well, as long as you walk away from compromise, then God will use you. You may not understand everything that apostle is saying. You may not agree with a lot of things, but my brothers and sisters, hear the word of God tonight. This is the hour, this is the time that God is using men and women who had no name, no title, no cards in their wallets to give out, no flyers, no posters, no name brand, nothing. All they have is a Bible. They don't have no concordance. They don't have no, no, none of that stuff. They don't have, all they have is a Bible from, from, from Revelation or from Genesis to Revelation. That's all they have, but their heart is filled with the Spirit of God. There's a burning passion, desire inside of them. You are the one that God is looking for. You are the one that he is called. And you are the one that he needs tonight to go into the vineyard. He said, the harvest is great, but the labors are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he send labors into the vineyard. My question to you tonight, my brothers and sisters, will you be the one that he can depend on? Will you be the one that he can say, I have pleasure in my daughter or pleasure in my son? Will you be the one that you be the one he smile on and say, I am well pleased? Would you be the one that he rest his dove on your shoulder? Would you be the one? Can you give him something that he wants to work with? Do you have it in your heart? You remember when he was on the cross and they took a sponge and they dipped it in some vinegar and they pushed it in his mouth and, and it was so bitter he spit it out and he cried out to God. He cried out to God and he said, I thirst, I thirst. Inside, at first, but what they put in his mouth, he couldn't drink. What he put in his mouth, it was it was too fleshy, it was too bitter, it was too nasty. It, uh, do you have something to quench the thirst of God tonight? What's in your heart? What's in your belly? What's in your innermost being? Would you give to him? Can you quench his thirst? Would he digest it? Would he drink it? Would he? Would it be good going down, or would he? it out of his mouth. What is it that you can give to God tonight? What are you, what is your vision? What is your passion? What is your desire? What is your love? What is your zeal? What are your sacrifices? What are you laboring before God? Are you waiting for the train to pass or are you driving the train? Are you waiting for someone to bring you a gift or are you giving the gift out? Who, what are you willing to do tonight? Are you willing to stay in a compromised state? Or are you willing to stand alone? Brothers and sisters, this is an expensive this is an expensive walk to walk with God. This is an expensive journey. It's gonna cost you everything. Truth is so expensive. To stand up against religion and compromise, it's scary sometimes, but it's worth you everything. It's worth you everything. It worth it costs Jesus his life. It costs him everything. Are you willing to give everything for him tonight? That is my question or questions. Those are my questions to you, my brothers and sisters. And I will now to two minutes before our time. A question to you, do you have any statement or any any testimony or anything you wish to say or wish to speak publicly in the atmosphere so Satan can hear it? So you can take back what God has given the body of Christ and Satan has control over it. Is there anything you wish to share tonight? Um, I have been sharing with uh, some people of God that... Um, the Lord has been speaking to us that um, 
them for us to have an ear to hear to what the Spirit is saying to the church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, you know, I was just sitting here and I was listening to your teaching and reading along in the scriptures with you. You know, he didn't have an ear to let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Uh, God has been dealing with me about that. He's been speaking to me about that, and I've been sharing it. I've been sharing it with other people of God that uh, God has something against us. He wants to speak to the church, and we need to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. He also was saying we just uh, was spiritually tone deaf. Mm. And uh, so I always share that with some people of God, whoever I'm in the company with. I always share that with them because, uh, we do need to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church because there's so much uh, that God is God is not pleased with all this disorderness in his church. And uh, we do need to hear. We really do. We need to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. He do have something against us. He wants to speak to the church. He wants to speak. But so many is stopping him, is drowning him out because of compromise, and I also speak a lot on compromising, you know. I speak a lot on that, you know, and uh, sharing with sisters and brothers in the Lord and letting them know that uh, I can't compromise. I'm not going to sugarcoat. God has told me don't compromise and don't sugarcoat because that blood is on your hand. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, I... I really endorse those words that you're saying, and I don't say they're words of encouragement. They're words of the Lord, and they edify the body of Christ. They instruct, and they give us um, instruction what we need. We need to hear the spirit of the Lord, for the spirit is speaking. And it's amazing you had mentioned that last week, I think it was, and again this week it comes up in our teaching. So the spirit of the Lord is speaking. He is speaking, and um, we need to hear what the spirit is saying. I want us to turn to Second Corinthians before we leave tonight, chapter 11, verse 13 to 15, and I just want to leave that scripture with you because it's important for you to see um, that it has not just begun in the churches today. It has been going on for years. Mm-hmm. And this is all defense, you know, um, and how he either he... he, he Speak against some things. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13 to 15. And this is what it says. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And we're seeing so much of that today. Come on, y'all. Amen. Okay. Uh, and, Amen. And, 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 I mean, it's happening everywhere you turn. Everywhere you turn, there is an apostle. Everywhere, because they, they, this power thing is in them. They believe that they, they rule everything. They believe that they're in charge of everything. And that's a lie. That's a deception. Satan has deceived the body of Christ for them to believe that. And so, if, because if you're an apostle, you're a foundation. You are hidden. You're under the ground. You cannot be seen. The building is on you. Your foundation. And but Satan is saying you are in charge. You are the top. God gave you first. 
He had to lay the foundation. He couldn't put the roof on the floor and the foundation where the roof is because it's going to cave the whole building in. We are builders. We are, we, the body of Christ is a building. We are a temple. Can't you see how the devil has deceived us and bring this, this, this false teaching? And, and, and look, at, look at verse 14. It says, and no marvel. You don't have to think about it. Don't, even, don't, be, don't be amazed. For Satan himself is transformed into angels, into an angel of light. Even Satan is transformed into angel of light. And verse 15, therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So, so that, that's, you know what I'm saying? So, so they're being, from not, they didn't just start, not just last year or 10 years ago, even from the days of the Apostle Paul. Um, 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 false apostles come. Oh, we want to do what Paul and Peter and, and Andrew and James, what they're doing. That's mighty work. That's a great name. I want that too. Okay, so we better, we're, gonna be, we're not going to be priests or high priests no more. We're going to be apostles. But we are mighty. There's great works happening. You know, but it is a deception from the devil. They are angels of Satan. Satan transformed them as angels of light, but they are darkness. They, they have a, a, a hidden agenda beneath it. And at the end, the Bible said the reward would be according to their work. They would be paid for it. And that's what I am saying. Now, and that's what I was saying earlier. If you've been paid now, you know, at the end, you ain't getting no paycheck to get for the wages of sin is death. That's the pay you're going to get. But the gift of God is eternal life. What is the gift of God? Because I have sin, I've yielded myself to God. I've worked in his kingdom. I've trusted his word. I believe in his death, burial, and resurrection. And, and I accept uh, um, salvation. And I'm working in his kingdom. Not to be paid now. If I know my reward is at the end, I have eternal life. And he will make us priests and kings. I don't know what you want to be, honey, but whatever you want me to be, that's what I'm going to be, and I'll give him the praise for it. So, so my brothers and sisters, as we get to the end of our study tonight, our teaching tonight, I pray that I have said something to provoke you and to get you, give you more passion in your heart to, to walk away from compromising. And I, I said something earlier that I really need to stress, and I think the Holy Spirit has brought it back to me. Um, if you are, if you are in a, if you're using your gift for God, and you've been blessed with your gift, blessed with your gift with finance, as long as you're not using that, and this is the Holy Spirit speaking, if you're not using that as your as the main job or to attack the kingdom of God, then you're not in violation of God. You, if you use it as to continue your support for ministry to do what God is doing with you. And you use it wisely, and you do not, in, not just look forward to it and say, well, next week I know this is happening, then you're wrong in that area. But if you're using it for the kingdom of God, there is nothing wrong with that. I received that revelation from God, and I believe it's worthy. I count myself worthy to be in the presence of God enough to receive his word, to give to the body of Christ. And I examine myself. If I am wrong with God, I ask God to forgive me. And I'm not too high that I cannot humble myself and ask for that. But I received that from the Lord, and I shared it with the body of Christ tonight. 
he that have an ear to hear, let him or her hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church. May the Lord forever bless you, and I look forward to meeting with you on next week. I do apologize for the one meeting that we have, but um, there are other things that I have to do in the body of Christ we're preparing to do, working on our building and churches up here in this area. And so uh, there are times that I consume, and I have to balance some things out with my family. So that's that the Lord, now you know the purpose. Um, so uh, until then, I pray that the Lord would ever bless you and strengthen you. Um, but I would like for you to read some scripture. I'm sorry, I should have given this to you first before I made that statement just now. But let me give you a few scriptures. If you have a pen handy that you could write down and go over so next week when we meet, we would we'll be talking about it. And if you're ready, here goes the first one: Isaiah 14, verse 12 to 15. Isaiah 14, verse 12 to 15. Ezekiel 28, verse 11 through 19. Ezekiel 28, verse 11 through 19. Jude 9, Jude 9. Jude 9. Jude, yes, Jude 9, Jude, the ninth verse. Oh, 1 and 9. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Jude 9, yes. Um, St. John 12 and 31. St. John 12 and 31. Genesis one twenty six. Genesis one twenty six. Genesis three one to seven. And I know you have a whole week for this, so I'm giving you enough scripture. You got it three or four more. Second Corinthians eleven and three. Job 1 and 12. Job 1 and 12. Luke 4 and 6. And the last one. The last one is 2 Thessalonians. Chapter 2, verse 7 to 8. Read those scriptures in the same order I give you, please. Then you will be able to understand the teaching that I give next week in the same order. And go over them again and again and again, again and again. The first two are to the first two scriptures will show you what Lucifer was like before he um, fell into condemnation or become deceptive in his heart. And that building the study on deception. And then you would, and the other scriptures will show you what, how Satan, what Satan influence would do to the body, and how you can get into the, um, how he's intelligence to deceive people, because he deceived Adam and Eve, and so you will see all of that.
And um, I think with that, you would kind of, when you put it all together, you will, you know, you will be able to understand the teaching on next week. I'm going to try every week to give you scriptures so you can read a week before and have something to meditate on, not that you don't have, but uh, that you can meditate on for the teaching so you could be able to ask some questions when I teach. Okay, so until then, I pray that the Lord would forever bless you and he would strengthen you and he would keep you, um, protect you. Let us pray, please. Father, it's you that made us and not we ourselves. We thank you for this night that you have blessed us with your word. Thank you, Father, for you hear it and those that will become doers of your word. Now, Lord, as we end our teaching tonight, we pray that your Holy Spirit will comfort our hearts, God, and that it will teach us how to make applications of your holy words to our lives, that we will be better Christians in your kingdom. For this, Father God, we give you all the praise, we give you all the thanks, remembering those, Father, that uh, need help and, and bereaving, Father, those that are sick and afflicted. We pray for healing upon their body and in their lives. Comfort those that may have lost ones, Father. Those, Father, bring provision for those that are seeking employment. Father God, um, and out there today to better their families and to live a better life in our community. So we praise you, Father. We love you. We adore you. There is none like you. We exalt you. We lift you up. This is our evening meditation, we pray, in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Good night. Thanks. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you all next week. Amen. Good night. Shalom.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.